Join me right now on Kumite TV is a man that is etched in the history books of the UFC. UFC Bantamweight, Andre Sukumtot. What's going on, Andre? What's up, bro? How are you, man? Good, good, man. Uh, man, the first thing I want to get into, since I don't have many, you know, Asian fighters on the show, is Asian representation, you know, in the United States. What is your thoughts on that subject? I think that um, a lot of uh, Asians in our generation, you know, like our age, we, we kind of came out of our shell a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and because, um, you know, when it was like my parents, that my dad that first came in, it, it was like a lot of people would make fun of the Asian people. You, you know, like they'll do the funny slanted eye things. They say we eat like cats and dogs and they'll say the ching chong stuff and they'll say we're all good at math some of us some of us might might be you know and um i feel like you know people like me my generation some guys are like um we're coming out of that shell because um when we moved to america we didn't all grow up wealthy you know what i'm saying especially where i was at and the, my friends that i had growing up we neither of us grew, grew up grew up wealthy like our parents were hard workers and, uh, you know, we, we kind of struggled for a, for, for a long time. And um, for me to be where I'm at, I'm pretty successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, when my parents look at me. And um, we're just breaking out of that shell, man. You know, um, I'm just trying to fight the stereotypes of, um, you know, because we're just so passive, man. Like, when, when people make fun of our race, especially as males... We're just so passive. We'll be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Everybody, everything is so funny when it comes to Asian stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's so easy to laugh and make the, e the easy Asian jokes. And people, when the, people that aren't us wouldn't really find it offensive. They'll find it funny. You know what I mean? When, when I feel like nowadays, you know, we're changing things up a little bit. We got Asian rappers in the game in America. We got Asian, we got Asian models. We got Asian fighters like myself. So um, we're definitely, uh, you know, making people respect our culture, shall I say. I think that a lot of people have a misconception that Asians are wealthy. Like most of Asians, Asian people are wealthy and they have money. Yeah. I think that's a big misconception. And I guess be, wait, growing up wealthy is kind of a weakness in a way with, you know, on top of the other stuff, you know, like uh, the stereotypes and things like that. But yeah, like someone like you yeah, who earned everything you got, you know, you I guess you got to go push that push that message to everybody like, hey, you know, not every Asian is this way, you know, we will, you know, no, like we're you, not you, know you punch wealthy. people, you punch people for a living in the face, so <laughs> we're not you, know, all you can smack somebody up. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's crazy, but uh yeah, I mean, you know, some families they try to raise their, their kids like that, you know, become doctors, lawyers even when they came from nothing. But, like I said, we're breaking out of our shell, and I think the world is seeing that, you know, any race, you can do anything you want. You know, we just had our first black president, you know what I'm saying? We almost had a female president in America. So it's just like, the sky's the limit, really, for, 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 um, for the Asian culture, you know? And one thing for sure is people really getting to know our food, you know? Like, uh, before they would just, like, talk shit about it and make fun of it. But now you've seen a lot of fusion Asian you know, a lot of these chefs, a lot of these restaurants, there's a lot of Asian fusion, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, definitely can't deny the food, right, brother? 
Yeah, for sure, man. I, you know, I mess with all the food. You know, I don't, you know, I don't yeah. discriminate on anything. So, you know, you, yeah. yeah, when you see people, you know, you know, like doing the chopsticks better than Asian folks. Oh you know, man, you, you know, know something's going you on. <laughs> That's funny. Now, in sports, you know, you know, you coming up in the sport of mixed martial arts, did you face a lot of discrimination? You know, like coming up that, you know, it might not be in, in the public, but, you know, you know, in the background. Oh, for sure, man. Um, like I used to play basketball, I used to play soccer, you know, and when we would go to like the more uh, rural areas, the more, you know, cause I'm from an urban area, you know, I wouldn't really get it much when I'm like, when I'm in the urban areas, like I'll get people making fun of me sometimes like, oh, the, cause it's funny in America to see a kid on the basketball team, especially. That's where I got it most. Like, I was on the basketball team, and people used to, like, really just thought, think that was funny, you know, until I started balling. They were like, oh, he's pretty good, actually. And um, But when I would go to, like, the, the rural areas, the, the areas that have more money, the area that's more predominantly, uh, you know, white people, Caucasian, and more, like, more money there, you know, they they give it to me the worst, man. They, they, they say some some fucked up shit, man, and, um, you know, I'm not saying everybody did, but that's mostly where I got it, you know what I mean, like, when they see somebody different, like, you'll see black folks around, you'll see Spanish folks around, but when you see, like, an Asian person, man, for some reason, that when you're Asian, and you're in a certain group, you stick out, unless you're with all Asian people, no one's gonna say anything, because we roll deep when we, when we're together, we roll deep, but... When you're when I'm like with my white friends, or when I'm with like my black friends, or Spanish friends, or whatever, or even if we're all together, I'll always be the one that sticks out. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's always been like that growing up. But I was so used to it. Like I got so many fights because of that too. And um, people, you know, if they don't respect you, they ended up respecting me afterwards because I came after them. <laughs> so, um, I don't think it's that bad now. I hope it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty more laid back now, but um, like I said, it's always gonna change. Hopefully, changes for the better. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's changing slowly. You know, you do have a lot of people out there representing Asians. You know, uh, cool. I, I, especially in hip hop, which is the most right now. Yeah. Asian hip hop is bigger than anything, I believe. It's dope. Especially yeah. uh, worldwide. You know, you got like. Asian, like Korean rappers, you got, yeah, you know, man. you got Laotian rappers, you got Vietnamese rappers, but then you got Cambodian rappers like Stupid Young, you know, I that's like Stupid Young. young. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right, man, and, um... China Mac. We, 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 we coming up, man, that's all I gotta say, you know, and, and the cool thing is, well, we all gotta stick together, you know, like, cause I'm from the States, and before, you know, a lot of Asians used to beef with each other, for no reason, you know what I'm saying, and like, uh, I'm seeing that we're more coming together now. So, so you know, we trying. To, I'm trying. I always try to keep the peace, especially for my community. When I fought, I brought my community together. You know, uh, I brought the whole state of Rhode Island together because there was a lot of beef between these different cities, these different gangs. But at the end of the day, everybody was rooting for one fighter, and that was me, the Asian fighter. So, um, you know, I saw. It was crazy. One time, I was on top of the cage after I won one of the fights, and I saw, like. Maybe three, four years ago, this guy and this guy were shooting at each other. But then, like, they're, like, right next next to each other, uh, clapping hands, high-fiving each other. Because I just want to fight, you know. So it's pretty cool to see, man. It's pretty cool to see. 
Well, you know, you're definitely doing your part. Now you are at the highest level. You're in the UFC. When you see a fellow Asian in the UFC, do you give like a double take? It's, oh, who is that guy? Do you give yeah, that? Do you yeah, do that? <laughs> man, I um, no matter what kind of Asian you're from, man, I I try to show love. I try to root, root, root for the Asian guys. You know, unless they're fighting my teammates or something, that's different. But um, you know, I it it puts a smile on my face to see um people that you know look similar to me that have the same culture as me, uh, perform on the big stage like that. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, it's an easy target, man. And 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 people are so passive about it. Like if you watch one of the fights when Mike Perry fought, I think the Korean guy, I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Jack Nicholson, whatever his name is, he was like... Yeah, his corner. He can't even open his eyes, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man, you can't say shit like that. And, then, and like, people just hit that. Like, like if it, was, if it was something about another race or something, you'd hear it all over the internet, let's face it. But when it comes to Asian people, it's so easy to, like, pass it, you know? And even with me, when I, when I fought, like, Sean O'Malley, it's so easy to make fun of my name, you know what I'm saying? Because I have a long last name, and... And uh, people try to poke fun at things like that. They try to take little shots at that. But um, it's just it's just something that makes us stronger too. It gives us thick skin, and um, I think that's why we have that warrior spirit, you know. And we have that thick skin because it's happened to us so many times. Definitely. Well, now let's get into your career in the UFC. You know, you had a setback at UFC 222. You returned yep. at UFC Moncton. Had a very impressive performance against Jonathan Martinez. What hurdles did you overcome with that victory? What I did was, because um, we didn't speak, what I did was I, I actually, um, you know, I went back and I, I grounded myself. I humbled myself. And um, I did have a knee injury going into the O'Malley fight. No excuses, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, I fought my hardest. I got a fight of the night bonus. Whatever. What was done, what was done. But I also learned from that loss, you know what I mean? And, and I learned that I can't play to that hype. I can't play into that trash-talking game. That's kind of where I found myself in, you know, to be honest. I felt like he was taking shots at me and my family and my culture, and I felt like I had to fire back. And that kind of took my focus away from... Uh, the fight itself and, and get, doing what I needed to do. Instead, I, uh, I, I, I fed into his antics, him and his team's antics, and, um, you know, they did a good job with it, you know. I, I got emotional. So I learned from that. That's number one. And uh, number two, I actually um, came back home to Rhode Island with my original team that uh, I started training with my pro career before I moved to Florida. I came back home and did a training camp with them, and what that really did was it really grounded me, really humbled me out because you know I'm I'm back in my old neighborhood, I'm back uh, where I'm from, you know what I'm saying I'm not in my new brand new house, no I'm I'm here at my dad's house upstairs in the apartment, just just living life, training for the fight like Rocky style, you know, and um, I felt like that really helped me too because I got a lot of individual attention, I wasn't just another body in the crowd or another sparring partner. I, I hit so many pads. I had a game plan. I had uh, a great strength and conditioning coach. And um, my team is strong up north, man. And, and I'm glad that I did that. And not only physically did they get me ready, but mentally they did too. So do you believe at this point in your career, it's time for you to have a team surrounding you instead of 
you joining another team. You know, because a lot of guys, they do go to these big super camps. They do spend a few years there, and then they go back home, and they still have the same success because they know what's out there. And then now they just have to adjust, uh, you know, their environment to what they need. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm not knocking the big camps. The big camps caught, taught me so much. I'm still a part of the big camp down in Florida, you know, with Henry Hooft and uh, Hard Knocks 365, Greg Jones, uh, Cammy. Uh, I'm still a part of that group, but... I train there year-round, you know what I'm saying? I, I get to train with the best athletes from Bellator, 1FC, UFC, you name it, from all over the world, year-round. I have access to that. But when fight camp comes around, and it's eight weeks for just me, I become the boss, and I, and I bring people into my camp. Or I come, or I come up here, and I, I get my own coaches that know me. It's not like I'm going somewhere totally new, like, you know, these coaches that don't... I'm, I'm coming back to people that started with me, that I went 10-0 with, you know what I'm saying, before I moved to Florida. So, so you know, I had to leave my family. I had to leave my house in Florida, my kids, my wife, and I had to come up here for, for six, seven weeks and, and, and train again. And, and, and that's what I did. Um, and I think that's why a lot of other guys did that too because, you know, they, they got what they had out of the camp, you know, the hard sparring, the good training partners, but then... As you get older, man, you know your body really, really can't handle all that, all that, um, all that abuse all the time, every day. So you gotta come home, and you, you know, you gotta go back to your roots and train smart again. And and the important thing is winning the fight. You know, not winning in the gym is winning in the fight. Well, I guess you found the perfect blend throughout your year. You know, you could go down exactly. there and kind of like out of camp, spar, you know, do technical training and have all those bodies with you. And then when it's time for you to focus, go back up north, focus on yourself, get the coaches around exactly. you, get the game plan. And it's, yeah, a lot of guys I've talked to, you know, like even a Dan Hooker, he, he went out and he trained in Colorado and in Thailand, but eventually he went back home and went back to his original gym, and look at the yep. success that he's having too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. And, um, yeah, that, that's that's how I feel about it, and, and I'm happy with my decision because I, I'm in control. I'm the boss, you know what I'm saying? That's how it should be. I'm the one paying everybody anyways, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you have a home, and your family is in Florida, so when you leave for camp, you're away for a bunch of weeks. Does that add a little bit more fuel to you, you know, when you're in camp to press forward and to push harder? Man, people that do this, I never really understood it. I always told myself I would never be able to do this. But, man, uh, kudos to my team at home. And I'm not talking about the people in the gym. I'm talking about the people at home. That's my kids. That's my wife. That's my mother-in-law that I um that I hired to, you know, I flew her down there to help out my wife. You know what I mean? Uh, kudos to them because um, yes, I miss them, and and I wish I could be with them, but there's they're the ones suffering. They're the ones, you know, my kids. They're missing out. They're missing their dad. My wife, she has to work double now because you know we have we're such a good team together so you know when we're together we have we have our job we work together we have our routines but when I'm gone she has to pick up all my slack so you know I uh, I commend my wife for that but 
we all know that why 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 I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have did this if I didn't think that I could be great in the sport. If I you know, if I thought that, oh, I'm just in the UFC, but you know, whatever happens, happens, boom, I would have just stayed in Florida and I would, but I had bring coming up here it brought the fire out of me. You know what I'm saying? Not just me missing my kids, but the surroundings that I grew up here. Like, yo, this is where I came from. Look where I am now. Man, I can't, I cannot mess around. I got to do this the best that I can. 100% focus on family and fighting. Nothing else. Nothing else, man. Um, anything else comes my way that's trying to get into that circle, I block it out right away. You know what I mean? That's that, And that's everything. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy when you get to this point, how many distractions can, can come into your life. You get what I'm saying? And and um, that happens a lot to to people, and it kind of happened to me at one point. But then I refocused myself, and uh, now nothing's more important than family and fighting. Well, now you got your next fight coming up, UFC 236 in Atlanta. You're facing Montel Jackson. Montel Jackson, you know he is a very respectable guy. You know he's not gonna he's not gonna sit there and talk trash on you. He, he just wants to go out there and fight. Many In many ways, just like you. You know, you just want to go out there and fight. You don't care about the, the nonsense. When, you, when you're when you going in in a fight against a guy like that, do you have some kind of comfort, like extra respect for him? Uh, you know, I learned, this is going to be my 20th pro fight, so it's just like, I have respect for the capabilities. You know what I'm saying? But who they are as a person... It doesn't really matter to me. Like he could be an asshole, he could be the nicest guy. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're still fighting, and either him being an asshole or a nice guy isn't going to determine the way he fights or the way I fight. You know, we're both going to let loose and um, and not hold back and try to hurt each other. You know, so um, what I do respect is his capabilities, and he's a great fighter. He's a good fighter. He's dangerous everywhere, and and I do respect that. But everything else is just like it's whatever to me. You know what I mean? Are you expecting to get a bonus? Are you at that point? You know, a lot of guys, they don't really care about the bonus. They just want the win. Are you worried about the bonus? Or are you worried about, the, are you, is it like a combination of things? I mean, a bonus would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the important thing is the win. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go out there and uh, fight stupid just to get a bonus, you know? Because last time I got a bonus, I lost. And I still felt like crap, like shit, for six months, seven seven months until my next fight when I had my hand raised. So, yeah, I did get a bonus one time. But I lost that fight, a fight I should have won easily. All I had to do was stand up, you know what I'm saying? And um, I lost, even though the guy hasn't fought for a year. And this is my second time fighting since we fought. You know, it still hurts me. It still... It, it still, uh, it still put me in a little depression, man, after I lost that fight. So, no, the money didn't help. The money didn't care anything. So, the most important thing for me is just to win the fight. But if I win and the bonus, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> oh, definitely, man. You know, extra money, especially 50K, is uh, always good in anybody's bank account. Exactly. Exactly. Well... I wanted to pick your brain about some of the things that's going on in the bantamweight division in the UFC. You know, you got TJ Dillashaw. He was suspended for a year for adverse findings. We don't even know what that means. You know, we don't know what's going on with that. 
but he did relinquish <laughs> his belt immediately afterwards. Do you think that's kind of like admitting that you're guilty by giving up that belt Hell so yeah. quickly? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, think about how long him and his team probably been trying to hide it. You know what I'm saying? And, and what irks me is like after he loses his fight, after he loses a fight, he's always bitching and complaining. You know, he loses a close fight. Oh, I won that fight. He gets knocked out. Oh, I wasn't out. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you're on shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not cool, bro. And and don't don't tell me that you don't know what you're taking. Like, I, I have had other interviews, and, and people would ask me the same question. I'm going to give you the same exact answer. Don't tell me that you don't know what you're taking. You are the champion of the UFC. You're making, like, half a mil of a fight. If not that, let's say $300,000, $400,000. Still not bad. I'm sure if I, if me, little Andre, that's not even ranked, ha, has a team, a nutritionist, has a team for my health, you know, what to take, what not to take, they tell me what's okay and what's not, I'm sure he does too. You get what I'm saying? So that's no excuse. So dude, who do you think is the best candidate, you know? Henry Cejudo's gonna fight for the Bantamweight title. Do you like that decision that they're making with that? Because he's the flyweight oh. champion? No, I think I think that he, I mean, I know he's doing it for his personal reasons. I respect Cejudo. I don't know him, but yo, I respect that guy, man. That guy's cool. Um, but he won, he beat TJ at 125. And he wanted to fight TJ at 135 to prove something. Now TJ's out. So I think that the USC should, like, give a real bantamweight that really deserves a shot the shot, you know. And that's guys like, uh, obviously, Marlon, Marias. Is that who he's fighting? Yeah, he's fighting Marlon, yeah. Yeah, like Marlon Marias. Marlon Marias, I'm sure he wants to, like, fight... Another bantamweight, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I mean, who's on fire? Aljamain's been doing good, you know. Uh, give him the shot. He, he's a bantamweight, even though he got knocked out by um, Marias. He's looked good his last two, three fights, you know. Um, and Asuncion. Oh wait, Asuncion just lost to Marlon, right? Yeah. Well, you got Pedro Munoz. I Munoz, think that would be yeah, the best yes, guy. Exactly. Yeah. Munoz, you know, so we got three right there. But it's all good. I mean, I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at it. But I hope, you know, I know the Bantamweight go- division isn't going anywhere anyway, so it- it's all good. Maybe Suhudo's planning to move up. Who knows? So good for him. In other news, you know, you got Conor McGregor and Khabib like going back and forth talking about families and religions and and all kinds of wild wild things you know is there anything the UFC can do you know like Dana White comes out and says that they might you know intervene but is there anything you can do to guys like that they don't even live in the states they they don't even I don't even think none of them are really I don't fighting think the UFC can do anything really because that's that's decisions that another individual decides to make but, I mean, I think both of them should just act a little more professional. I mean, um, obviously you saw what the brawl and stuff after the fight. Okay, that happened. And and Khabib already beat Conor. You know, he beat him. 
So it's like, I think Khabib should just like, yo, I already beat you. <laughs> Boom, that's it. Yo, I beat you. I made you tap. That's it. And Connor, he, he, Connor is like so rich. Like, why is he, he just wants to stay in the mix. You know, that's my opinion. Like, he just wants the intention on him. And, you know, he, he can't stand not being in the media. Even though he retired, he still wants to be in the mix. You know what I'm saying? If I was Connor with all that money, you know, I'd be trying to make some other moves. You know what I mean? Like he has with his 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 proper twelve. You know, if you want to stay in the mix, go do acting or something. If you don't want to fight, go yeah, go act. Go go do what Tyrone Woodley did. Go make some music or something. You got the money, bro. You can do whatever you want. There's no need to uh, you know, talk about religion or or talk about cultures. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I'm strong about that. Because I don't like it when people talk about my culture. But at the end of the day, if someone is talking about my culture over the internet, it doesn't really bother me anyways. You know what I'm saying? Would they say it to my face? If they say it to my face, it's okay. But all this arguing back and forth on the internet, I think it's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty childish, you know, what they're doing. And, but the problem is they have such a big voice that all these people are just eating it up and just oh, egging it on, you know, it. basically. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I know firsthand how that feels, for sure, you know what I'm saying? I could win the belt, you know what I'm saying? And people will still come at me with that stupid stuff that Sean O'Malley did, you know what I mean? They call me soccer mom, dumbest fighter in the UFC. But you know what? At the end of the day, yo, you're making fun of me for being a real man that's taking care of his kids, that's providing for his kids every day, a real man recognizes that. That I'm a real man. You know what I'm saying? So all these guys that are behind the computer talking, calling me names and stuff, what are they, man? What are they doing with their life? They probably don't even have kids. Because if they had kids, they wouldn't be saying that stuff, you know? So they're just stupid. Stupid little kids. Stupid guys, you know? doesn't bother me. Well, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about your playlist, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always interested in, like, what fighters are listening to during fight camp. And actually, you introduced me, I think, off your Instagram. Oh, I forgot the artist. He's a singer. Singer-rapper. He's uh, he's Asian. Oh, Heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dope. dope right? You introduced me to Heartbreaker, right? No. So I want to know, you know, you got anybody else you could uh, recommend to your fans? To Man, you know, to. I um, my my Asian peeps, I, I got I gotta give a shout out to uh, you know, I listen to a lot of Stupid Young. I listen to Heartbreaker. Um, I listen to this new kid on the come up. His name is Ching. Ching. He's a Laos kid. Yeah, his name is Ching. And he just made a song with uh, Stupid Young. And that that thing is fire. You gotta check it out, bro. All right. Um, but um, you know, I try I try to um, like T Campbell, all the, all these guys that, that that are really well known on the internet. I, I give them props, man. I've I've met them. I hung out with them. They're really cool guys. But um, on my playlist, really, I listen to everything, man. Like I listen to worship music, you know, because like I've been getting really close to God lately, man. And um. I listen to a lot of worship music. It just really calms me down. It gets it gets me right mentally, especially right now. You know, sometimes I'm emotional, miss my kids. Uh, I listen to a lot of Big Sean. 
for a lot of inspiration on uh, Meek Mill and of course my man J. Cole. J. Cole is my favorite artist of all time. I'm supposed to be at his Dreamville Festival this Saturday because he rescheduled it. He rescheduled it and uh, it ended up being this Saturday. And obviously I can't go. It's like in North Carolina. Big festival. I had tickets and everything, man. VIP tickets. But what happened was the date that I was supposed to go, I think it was like in August or something. There was a hurricane that hit North Carolina. So he had to cancel that whole event. That whole... I had VIP tickets and everything, man. Spent like two grand. My wife got them for me. They're like two grand all together. And, and, and now he rescheduled it to this weekend. And obviously I can't go. I got to fight. I got to focus. So I'm going to miss that. <laughs> April 13th, your next fight, UFC 236, Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to be great, man. Thank you for your time, Andre. And uh, good luck to you. Thank you, bro. I'll see you, man. Keep in touch, brother.